in because it's time for another episode of Outwatch a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch journey where we rewatch, recap and react to seasons past of Survivor, your and my favorite show ever. This season we're going through the 37th installment of Survivor David versus Goliath, and we're taking on the ninth episode in this exceptional season titled Breadth First Search. So whether you're watching along for the first time doing your own rewatch or just like to remember the best times we've had as Survivor fans, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. I, however, am not the only one here. I'm joined by three of my friends watching this season for the very first time. And it's time that you meet them before we go through our what happened in this episode. So first, uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Hey, this episode, there's um, there's a reward. And, you know, it's not we're not a stranger to seeing survivors win rewards and getting to eat food. But Jeff makes special exception this time to really, though this is not an actual sponsored segment, say the name of this food place several times. It is the Bula Burger Bar. I have my own speculation about the origin of this concept and maybe what happened here, but it got me thinking if if you were to, to design a restaurant concept um, based on some sort of survivor thing. Uh, what's what's your restaurant concept? I wish I had more time to think about this. <laughs> um, you know, if if halfway through the episode it comes to you, feel free to interrupt whatever we're doing. I will guarantee that I will do that. <laughs> Be on your toes. I'll come back to you. I'm gonna think about it. Please do. Um, Adam, you want to take it? Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Take a stab at it. What's your survivor restaurant concept? It's I don't have a good name Top for Chef it, but Restaurant it... Wars episode, and we're making a survivor one. Um, I don't, I don't have a good name for it, but I the concept is basically your party gets split into two groups, and half of your group has to do an endurance challenge, and the other group eats as much as they can while the other half of your group is doing the endurance challenge. But like once everyone in your group is done with the endurance challenge, you have to stop eating. Mm. Regardless of how much you ate, you pay the same price. Interesting. So it's kind of like the inverse of like an all-you-can-eat sushi place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the, the thing I'm pulling from is the option of like you can sit out and eat, but you can only eat while the challenge is happening. Yeah. Worth worth playing for? That could be the name worth. of your concept. Worth paying for. Yeah. Worth paying for. 
worth paying for. Oh my God. <laughs> that answer might vary based on the person. That's so good. The food itself, trash. <laughs> trash. Definitely not worth paying for. Uh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello, how are you? Doing great. Um, Scott, what's your survivor restaurant concept? So this kind of just came to me as we're talking. Um, I'm going to take a stab at it. So it's like a pizza place, but the pizza looks like it's been sitting in the sun for like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Like survivor pizza? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I won't call it. (laughs) It's like, it looks like cardboardy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll call it sun pizza. That's good. (laughs) I'm here for it. I love that. I have an idea now. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's Tony's Fry Shack. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The Fry Shack. So it's the fry shack, so it's loaded fries. Everyone's going to get their french fries, and it's going to be loaded with protein oh, yeah. and vegetables, because those people need nutrients. That's excellent. It's very windy at Tony's. <laughs> One of the offerings is just a whole pizza on the french fries. On french fries. On french fries. Yes. On french fries. <laughs> That's really good. Oh man, it's so good. See, I was thinking like Tony's tacos, but that's better. Just for the alliterate alliterative thing going on. Hmm. What else what else could we do? We could do like Butch's barbecue roasted over an open flame. (laughs) Chicken's chicken. Uh, There you go. There you go. Damn. Yeah, just needed a minute. Damn good. Damn good. Damn. When, you, when you open the door, it just plays that sound like. Damn. <laughs> Can you imagine walking to a restaurant and that's just you, you open the door. Damn. It's like those places that's like ring this bell if your service was good. It's like yeah. yell damn if your service was good. Damn. Oh, so good. Could do the cave. It's <laughs> in honor of Courtney Yates's happy place. Your Courtney Yates. I'm sure that more will come too as we go about this. Like, um, you could do like a cool themed rainforest cafe sort of thing with Pelican Pete as like the nice animated <laughs> host, like a Chuck E. Cheese, but it's Pelican Beats. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's likeness is we can <laughs> Yeah, he's like the villain to Pete. Um I was trying to think of a Jenna and Heidi thing, but I couldn't come I couldn't get there. They could have like a dessert place. They could. Yeah. They could. Rupert's pirate mm. platter. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know they sautéed such an animal. <laughs> Yo, I used that phrase in conversation the other day, though. Um, I've never—I didn't know they made such an animal. No, but like, 
Nobody knew what I was talking about. It's <laughs> the deepest guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that, that reference is over here. Is, I mean, it's like 20 years old. Like that is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're referencing a one-off line from Rupert in Survivor Season 7. Yep. But Not super literate. But OG Outwatchers will know the reference. That's right. That's <laughs> how. That's how you know somebody's a true Outwatch fan. Yeah, that's well, how we know we've made it when all these little phrases finally tr- trickle back into society's nomenclature. Yeah, the new Gen Z slang term will just be "damn." <laughs> uh, okay, gang. What do you say we take a trip down to Tree Mail and walk through what happened in episode nine of David vs. Goliath, titled "Breadth First Search." Let's do it. Yes. Let's go. This one starts with after the fallout of Last Tribal, Allison and Alec feeling anxious to make a move against the Goliaths and turn against their original tribe. Dan feels taken advantage of by his alliance, and Kara is done with him. She's ready to move on from the Dan thing. We've got a reward challenge, an obstacle course, and a big snake puzzle for the Bula Burger Bar. Alec, Kara, Dan, Mike, and Davey win this one and get a great burger feast. Gabby attempts to pull Allison over and move her over to the David side to mixed success. And meanwhile, Mike is trying to pull the Goliaths back together and say, hey, we've still got the numbers. We can do this. Kara tells Alec and Allison about Dan's idol, a secret which he revealed to her. And the Davids wake up early in the morning, the next morning, to attempt to find an idol. And it's at this point that we get the namesake of this episode, where Christian employs a breadth-first search, hunting through the island, and finds his own hidden immunity idol. So Christian now the proud owner of an idol. It's a, for the immunity challenge, we've got a balance ball and a snake ball maze, lots of snake paraphernalia this episode. Alec wins this one. He's immune. Back at camp, Kara pitches the idea of splitting votes on Angelina and Dan, and Allison decides that she wants to stay with the Goliaths now after she's kind of oscillated back and forth. So the Davids being down in the numbers look like they may be dead in the water, but they all come together and come clean about their advantages. Um, And they hatch a plan after the Goliaths isolate themselves to flip things on the Goliath's head. So at Tribal Council, it all comes together. Nick plays his steal a vote on Allison, getting them the advantage in the numbers. Six to five. Once you account for that vote steal dan plays his idol for himself in an attempt to save himself and carl reveals that he plays his idol nullifier against dan effectively eliminating dan's hidden immunity idol the votes land with the majority on dan and dan is eliminated here becomes the third member of the jury and the first ever victim in Survivor history of an idol nullifier. So the Davids come out on top 
here, despite being down in the numbers due to some great advantage play. And Dan, you know, a polarizing character, but a pretty present one, is gone here. Emily, you lose Dan, hot cop Dan, from your tribe. What do you have to say about Dan and what may have gone wrong for him? Uh, yeah, I think Dan was in his feelings a little too much. A little bit. Um, yeah, I think his, like, he definitely was um, committed. That's not really the word I'm looking for. He was de- de- dedicated. He was, <laughs> had a long day. Um, he was driven. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. He was very driven. Um, and when you could tell, like, even in the way that he had self-talk, there was like an episode where they were showing that, like, he was really committed to playing this game well. Um, but in spite of that, he still let himself get in his own way. Um, and I think that that's what drove Kara away from him. Yeah. Um, just his panicky moments. And he, I mean, he was a strong player. So I think that's like physically in games so um in challenges so i think that that's maybe why they targeted him too but i don't know it's like he had good good things like he did well in challenges he had all those immunity idols and like he had some strong alliances but then we saw like kind of his fall of being paranoid or yeah getting a little too cocky honestly yeah so I don't think he played like a terrible game, but I wonder how he would do if he came back. I, I would think he'd learn from his experience, especially in the way that he was um, voted out. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. He hasn't played since. Um, in fact, only the winner. I think I've said this before. The only returning player season after this season was the all winner season. So only the season's winner comes back between now. Okay. Between then and now as of the recording of this podcast on July 19th, 2022. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd be interested too. He um, seemed to not be the most game savvy person, but um, like you said, was very into it. Um, just maybe not from a strategic perspective. So right. maybe would um, make up for that another time out. Um, l- let's talk about, uh, highlights here, gang. What was the one thing that we can't bury here from this episode that we need to talk about first? Um, Scott, anything jumping out to you to to lead off the pod? So, I mean, the big thing has got to be the tribal. Yeah. At least to me. That was crazy. Yeah. We- I was... Yeah, I was like watching it, and then as it unfolded, I was like cheering to myself. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah. So to break this down again, right? The the David's, you know, this David and Goliath has been kind of like a are they are they not gonna for a few votes now? Like, are they gonna break the tribal lines? It seems like maybe it's gonna happen here, but ultimately it doesn't. The Davids are down in the numbers. They recognize this and they use both the vote steal to get up on top of the numbers and then correctly playing the idle nullifier on Dan to eliminate his idol and get the majority 
and vote them out. Yeah, it's the using of two advantages in conjunction with another, both correctly from a minority numbers position. Um, yeah, textbook advantage execution, if you ask me. And so my question, they had to guess who was going to play the idol beforehand, right? Correct. So like, they completely had to like know that Dan was going to play it. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I mean, they were all voting for the same person, so they just needed to use the nullifier on that one person. Because if that person doesn't have an idol played for them on them, it doesn't matter. They're gone. They have numbers. That yeah. is true. They just they just happened to like they had everything they needed to ensure that this would absolutely work. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is really technically good. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about this play is it really is just so technically perfect. Yeah. Like you I don't know, like there are I mean like no hitters in baseball are like kind of boring to watch, but like also kind of exciting, you know. It, but it's just like watching like a, a like a technically perfect game, like mm-hmm. and you're just like that's incredible. Yeah, and that's kind of what this felt like. Yeah, they set this up so there was no way for them for it to go wrong for them. They set it up so yeah. by stealing the vote, they have the numbers advantage, and like you said, by putting the idle nullifier on the person that they're all voting for with the advantage, they ensured that literally no matter what, it's going to be that person. Um, and like the results shook out such that because the Goliath's vote split a little bit, you could say like, oh, well, he didn't need to use the vote steal or whatever, but it's like they ensured that there was literally no way that this could go wrong. So. Yeah. Well, and as the viewers, I think we're pretty confident that Alice and Alec and Kara are going to vote with Goliath's like they they're, they're making the promise that they're going to switch and then the Davids go off and they're like, well, they haven't done anything for us so far. Why should we start trusting them now? Yeah. So as soon as you know that like, oh, we're screwed, like you, you might as well not vote with the rest of the Goliaths to try and save that. I don't know. I think if they don't steal the vote, I don't, I think that I, I, th- I think it doesn't work. Yeah. So I, it's, yeah. It's a great play. And like the, you know, we can get get our takes in on the idle nullifier as a mechanic if we like it, but the, you know, it working in this way is awesome TV where it's like, you know, Jeff's like, this is a hidden immunity idol. And Dan's like, ha ha. And it's like, and this is an idle nullifier. And it's like, yeah. what? It's great stuff. Honestly, we were screaming. Yeah. Yeah, time. it's really exciting. If you this. honestly like, I I don't know if this. I I don't think just watching the, just watching the tribal gives it the impact it does. I don't know if just watching this episode, but it's. I think it's at least worth it. Like going back and rewatching this episode because yeah. that tribal is just so good oh, yeah. in the context of that entire episode. It's just so good, and. So this is I'm gonna move I'm gonna move on to the thing that I kind of want to talk about I guess because yes. I think it's relevant here. Um, I so Alice and Alec in this case it's Kara. Previously it's been another person. Um, 
wanting to work with, I guess it was Mike for a minute, but wanting to work with David's, uh, like, and they keep doing this thing where they're going to the Davids and like, we want to work with you. We want to work with you. And they don't work with them. Yeah. And like, they treat the Davids like they're dumb. Like they treat the Davids like they can do nothing in this game. Like they don't understand how to play this game. Like they do genuinely treat the Davids like they're not playing this game well. And they come through this tribal and they're like, y'all weren't paying attention. Yeah. And it is just so good. Yeah. Like because of that, like, and like the technical part, but then also that component of it where you just see the giants or the Goliaths are like, whatever, we have numbers. That's all that matters. As long as we stick together, nothing else matters. And David's are like, no, there's a lot more to this game. And mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. It reminds me of like, you know, even the very first moment of the episode right where jeff set up the like the theme as goliaths your advantage is palpable it's like visible what the advantage is but for david your advantage is you know buried it's like you don't it's less visible you know it's under the surface and yeah like i think this is a great representation of that like the david's I love the scene before tribal where it's all, all five of them on the beach and like, you know, Nick's like, Oh, I got an extra vote. And Davey's like, or uh, Christian's like, Oh, I've got an idol. And Carl's like, dude, I got an idol nullifier. And it's like Avengers assemble all of their advantages here. And they like put something together. It's great. Well, and I think that like that, I think that the way the Goliaths treat the Davids makes stealing Allison's vote that much more significant mm-hmm. where they're like, cause they could steal anyone's vote. Like they could steal Angela's or like they could steal Dan's vote, which would be hilarious. But yeah. like, <laughs> you know, so like you have this moment of like, you can steal anybody's vote, but you, you stole the vote of someone who has a, over and over and over again said, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. So you look at them and you say, you don't, you've never proven this actionably. So we're going to show you what your vote needs to look like to demonstrate this actionably yeah, to it's us. Good. It's, good. it's so good. I love, I loved it. And yeah. I, um, I like Allison, but mm-hmm. yeah. at this point I was like, you can't like, I don't understand what these people are doing. Cause I've been waiting and waiting. I'm like, okay, let's break up the tribes. Like, let's get something interesting going. Let's get um, across tribal alliance going and we keep watching these episodes and it never happens because these flipping goliaths are like yeah i don't know i'll stick with goliaths every time it's almost like they're too scared to make a move yeah Yeah. and so this was finally like okay fine and we're gonna do something and this was like just a total Mm -hmm. power move and i was like you know what shows you serves you right because you gotta Shit or get off the pot. (laughs) I mean, they they came into the merge down. They voted out of David first, and they have brought it even. It's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. I loved it too because, like, it feels like the culmination of just like a lot of moves. Like in the past episodes, we've gotten like them like waking up early to go get the idols, and then they've you know the whole deal where they go and they get Carl's. I don't know if fire where they like team up and like, I think it was Davy. Like, yes. Davy's diversion. And, like, yes. Yeah. And like, and then finally we get to where they like, they team up and do it. It's mm-hmm. like kind of like a movie almost. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like teamwork like this in survivors, pretty rare, right? Like 
especially in this portion of the game. It's cool to see. Also, um, pitching for the next themed season of Survivor as Survivor shit or get off the pot. (laughs) 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 Or or, shit or get off the pod. We're gonna start another podcast. Yeah, that can be your friend's podcast. Is <laughs> shit or get off the pod? <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's a Jada. It's a Jadatorial one. <laughs> oh, also, um, I failed to get the the clip, but I will at some point um, when the 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 conclusion of the votes. Carl, in what history would um, deem as an attempt to make sure that he has credit for the idle nullifier, holds the parchment up in the air and goes, Bing! Yes. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty great. If I had it, I'd make sure everybody knows I got credit for it. (laughs) With the Bing! Yeah. Um. Okay, let's let's talk through some of these other finer points. Um, I do want to. We've talked about the Bula Burger Bar. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Bula Burger? Why does he say it so many times? What's going it sounds on? Sounds Caribbean, Alex. Yeah, it does. But I have I have a theory. Emily is googling. Um, here's my theory. They wanted a partnership. Yes. That partnership was unwilling to pay the amount that Survivor wanted. So what they did was they made up the name of something. Mm. So that way they could point to the searches after the episode aired and be like, this is why it's worth this much. Okay. Because people look it up. Okay. That's my theory. That's a good theory. My my theory is similar in that, you know, because Jeff's got all these crazy harebrained ideas, right? I imagine Jeff's coming to producer and he's like, guys. What if we franchised a Survivor burger joint and we <laughs> debuted it here on the island and then it's going to be in your town nationwide and it's the Bula Burger Bar. That's my, it, but then it didn't happen. And so it's like a cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so the Bula Burger Bar, he was like priming the pump for a nationwide marketing campaign for the Bula Burger I Bar. It, I bet it would be so easy to get past survivors to do like appearances of those too. Just oh. kind of totally. Oh my God, Rupert would be all over. Why are they doing this? <laughs> Who grilled this hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> so much for my dreams. <laughs> You got anything, Emily, on the the Bula burger? Uh, yeah. So Bula is like the most common Fijian Fijian word. Um, that just means hello. It's used oh. in a lot of different ways, is what Google tells me. But it just it's a very common greeting to mean hello. There you go. Hello, that burger. Does actually, feel very Southeast Asian. Like you know how like you'll randomly see a restaurant that's like. It's like good burger. Like that's all it's called or something mm. like that. Like the Bloomington Mall had one of these, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you find out that like it's it's 
from like Southeast Asia or whatever. Yes. Like, it just that feels very like adjective descriptor. Yeah, it was like uh, like Mama's Kitchen Lover or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mama's Kitchen. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, franchising opportunities available for the Hula Burger Bar. Wanted to call out this moment, which made me laugh in the reward challenge. Um, it's the the part where there's like a combination lock, um, and and Christian is putting it in, and all the dude bros on the other team are just like 14, 37, 86, 11 <laughs> to try and confuse him. That made me pretty. That made me laugh. Um. Let's talk about the bread breadth first search scene. We haven't really talked about this much, and this is one of those iconic um, sequences in Survivor as well. You get the like the rich storytelling, right? Christian is talking about his idol finding strategy. We get this helicopter shot of the island, which they animate, you know, highlights on different areas to um, articulate Christian's. Um, strategy in finding an idol. Um, I love this scene. I think the storytelling and Christian's explanation are perfect. Um, what what did um, what was everyone's reaction here to the breadth first search? The you know the titular breadth first search. I mean, I love it. Whenever Christian talks to the camera, like you're either going to get something really like what's going on or like just really poignant. Mm -hmm. So, and this was just one of those things that was like, it was very like structured in the story. It was very straightforward and what he was talking about and like explaining, even I don't know, like the whole strategy of looking for an idol. Like, what is the strategy in this? You're just kind of like randomly hoping you come across it. So, like, Christian just being like, yeah, no, like there's no real strategy here. It's just a matter of covering ground. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I loved it. I love the way that he like said, this is how you debug code. You know, you like right. take the same approach. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes survivor hits you over the head with like in this, you know, this next episode, we may comment on this cause it is very heavy in the next episode. But like as a realtor, this is like <laughs> how this applies to the game. Um, but those moments where it actually fits in well like this yeah. is like, hey, here's a, a skill I have from my pr- profession or like a, a strategy that I can employ. It's it's very satisfying. Um, cool, cool, cool. We've got we've got the the advantage situation. Um, I also wanted to call out um, the, you know, Christian man of many analogies at Tribal Council. He hits us with this one. You know, Survivor's like an old car. You put the key in the ignition and it's like, will it start? Is it going to happen? And you never know until it turns over. Scott, how does this rank on your all time Survivor analogies list? It's the only one that I am thinking of right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. um, 
I didn't think it perfectly like summed up the situation though. Like, cause we were kind of like talking about like, are they going to, we're going to have this alliance. Are we not going to have this like intertribal alliance? Yeah. I did. I mean, it was a good analogy. I really painted the picture well. Um, and yeah, whereas others may have fallen short, this one is a good analogy. There you go. I think too, especially, I mean, like we talked about, uh, uh, the Goliaths who go to the Davids and are like, we want to work with you, we want to work with you, we want to work with you, and just never do. It It really does, like, it's like it's so, like, perfect for this moment, for what Christian has experienced, of, like, they keep saying they want this, and they keep not doing it. So, yeah. like, it, are, do, we, do we trust you? Do we not? Like, uh, I'm I'm interested from here then, right? Like this is kind of the question at any major shift point is like what what happens next, right? We've like, you know, danced around the tribes kind of intermingling. Finally the numbers are even. Um what do you think the the move is going forward, right? Like for the group of Davids, for instance. Is this the time to like press the advantage? Um, is it time for them to do what the, the Goliaths failed to do and start, you know, pulling in cross tribal groups? Yeah. If, if you're that, that group of Davids, what do you think the, the right move is from here to solidify, you know, an individual spot? I feel like the Davids have created so much trust like through this particular tribal too. Sure. That it would be hard to like not stick with them moving forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they all shared, oh, I have this um, idol or advantage. And then they all like work together to make this happen. Yeah, they've been like 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 pushing for episodes now too to like, all right, we're under the numbers. Let's get back even. And we're finally here, you know, it's like, yeah. What, what from here? Yeah. I think your issue is as long as the Goliaths have the option to team up with each other and think that they're gonna decide what tribal is they're going to want to do that is what we've learned from the last few episodes. So I think like it behooves the Davids to like take down the Goliath's numbers a significant amount, but you don't want to take them down all the way because then that gives you leverage to turn on the Davids that you actually don't want to work with, or you don't want to go all the way to tribal or to the final tribal. Um, so then it's a matter of maneuvering to try to keep the Goliaths that you want to keep, um, which that's when you're going to start seeing like the tension of the Alliance itself, because different people are going to want different Goliaths. And how do you like manage to get to overcome that? And then ultimately have the numbers to flip it. Cause this is yeah. kind of how survivor it, when it's played like really well, this is kind of what you see is like 
you have the two groups and they take it down and then there's a shift and now you have two different groups and they take that down and then there's another shift and each time you're alliance people that you're really trusting and trying to get to the finals getting smaller and smaller and smaller and that's you know how you hope it happens right and yeah so i i don't know i think that i i think that it really benefits i, I think that the david should try to get a goliath to work with them maybe too and because then you have the numbers and then you can take out more goliaths but ultimately like that's kind of that would be my goal as a David, I guess. Right. Is yeah. I want to ask also what are what do we think about the the idle nullifier as a game mechanic? You know, we've like creates a fun moment this episode. Um, but you know, just the idea of right okay you know you lose by getting voted out but there's this thing it's a hidden immunity idol that allows you to block votes so that you get another chance but then there's also this other thing that's a nullifier that lets you block the thing that blocks the votes so that you can get them out um not trying to lead the audience here one way or another because i do think that the nullifier is fun but um interested in in our game you know theory reaction to an idle nullifier in the game um so it it has to be played before someone plays their idol correct you have to write the name you on when to, you like, vote write the name mm-hmm. yeah yeah you play it when you yeah. vote yep yeah I know we've talked about that. I think before watching this episode, when we had talked about this advantage, um, I mean, I immunity idols aren't used at all <laughs> or well most of the time. Yeah. And so I figured something like this would certainly not be used correctly or ever yeah. because that's even harder to use. I was really, that's what was so, I mean, there were lots of great things about this episode. But that too was awesome that they used it at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like can't be understated how great a uh, advantage play this is. Like mm-hmm. for as much as we talk about how common misplays of advantages are, they played two at the same time correctly in a way that they're dependent on one another for the whole plan to work. It's like, yeah, really exceptional. I think that's the thing. We talk about this all the time. Like we we call them advantages, but they're really only advantages if they are used correctly. And that doesn't happen that often. Um there there in our watch through at least, there aren't a ton of times where you're like, yeah, that person wouldn't have made it through this game without the hidden immunity idol. Like Tony, he needed his hidden immunity idols, like and he played them well. But like that's not super common. It's very rare that you actually see someone play it correctly. I say in a in a season where we've had two correctly played immunity idols, yeah, including Dan's, which gets nullified. Yeah. Um, so you know, th- there there's that to it. There's that component to it as well. Um where uh it, it's really difficult to play a hidden immunity idol well. 
it feels almost impossible to play a nullifier well unless you're literally just using it to ensure that this person gets voted out. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's kind of the, that's kind of my sticking point with this is it almost feels like in the hands of the majority, it's really just a guarantee. Like, we don't know if this person has like in millennials or Gen X, uh, Jay would have been voted out forever ago. If he like way earlier, if he, if this was in that game and the majority yeah. had it. Yeah. So, so it's kind of on one side, it's a really big, bully tactic that you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the other side it can lead to this really incredible gameplay yeah. with the david it's a really uh, good I, point I, yeah because like the hidden immunity idol in theory exists to give somebody who's going to lose another chance right mm-hmm. so then conversely the idle nullifier exists to make sure that the person who's going to lose does indeed lose, which is less, right. less satisfying. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy it from this perspective. So like, I feel like at this point in survivor, we've got like idols everywhere. Yeah. Um, to the point where like the threat of an idol is almost, more so worse than like the idol itself mm-hmm. so i do enjoy like the check on the idol a little yeah. bit yeah yeah so where like okay you have like two idols you need to like it you can't be as cocky with two idol like having that many idols now because like i'm telling a bunch of people right because yeah somebody might nullify your idol if you play it or whatever right so i do enjoy from that perspective even though it would be like impossible to play, but we see people play misplay yeah, idols. It works. So, yeah. So like, I do enjoy having a check on it. <laughs> I think it's For worth that. like thinking about you. You know, like using the common baseball example that I tend to do. Like the whenever a rule change in Major League Baseball is proposed or put into place you're thinking about not just, okay, you know, what, what is the rule changing, but what are we wanting to accomplish or influence via this rule change, right? If you were to ban the shift, which is probably going to happen, the shift would be banned, not because we don't think it's fair or whatever to be able to shift the shift would be banned because there are a de- rapidly declining number of balls in play, which go for a hit, which makes the game boring. And so by banning the shift, we're increasing the action on the base paths, right? And it's like, I think survivor fails to do this sometimes with some of these wild advantages or maybe they do. I'm sure they do. And the, the calculus is just different. But like, it makes me wonder with this, like, OK, what are we. What are we doing with the idle nullifier? Because if it if it's. Scott, your point was good. If it's like. By introducing the idle nullifier, we're encouraging people to keep their idols a secret. It's like that's good. I think that's like a good development because that creates more surprising dynamic idol plays you know but if it's like 
we're introducing this to, you know, check the power of an idol or I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, let's think about the end result. And again, I think this was a great moment. And I think broadly the nullifier is good. It can just sometimes. Um, it's a little confusing, a little convoluted. I think the the nullifier almost feels like the blue shell in Mario Kart, <laughs> but it's not going to heat seek the first place player necessarily. Right, like, right. like when it does work, it's like the person who gets hit by it is going to be furious. Uh huh. Uh huh. But there's no guarantees, so I, I don't know. I I I also think that like. I mean, like you said, the the calculus for why they make these sorts of changes is probably different than like pure sportsmanship reasons. Yeah. And like that is that was such good television. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what you want, right? They want to make a good TV show. And that's why we're here. We're here to watch really good television. It just like the, the everything that you're like. Dan plays his idol and you know that there's the idol nullifier, but like did they play it on Dan? Did they think to play it on Dan? Is this right. just going to be a waste? And then he pulls it out and flips it over. And you're just like, you are they so stoked it. in that moment. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't know. Like that's as much as it might like screw one person over who probably shouldn't get screwed over. Like, yeah. I think it's kind of worth keeping it in play for the times when it works. Yeah, what this uh, what I'm about to say is not unique to me. This is something that plenty of people have said, but I think the like obviously in the continuum of Survivor wanting to make a cool, fair game versus a good TV show, it leans heavier on the TV show side. But the one thing I wish that they would do is whenever they introduce a new mechanic like this, that they would just tell everyone, hey, this is now in the rules of the game. Because it feels hard or unfair as a player, you know. It's like, ha, I've got my idol. And it's like, oh, actually this other thing existed that is a part of the game that you didn't know about. <laughs> and it, you're hosed. It feels... It feels like in like Magic the Gathering, where yeah. it's like what the card says is the rule. It feels like that, but in a worse like, <laughs> like you had no idea this could e- this card could even exist. Sort of way, exactly. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you, th- you know, went home and printed something off your printer and said, "This is yeah. my, <laughs> this is my Yu Gi Oh card now." It- <laughs> oh, anything else from this episode before we move on to our fantasy portion? Excellent. No, the sun is rapidly getting in my face. If you can't, tell. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Um, okay, let's move on to goats and participation trophies mm-hmm. then. Um, let's see who's in first place prior to the vote this episode. That would be that'd be Emily. Emily, who's going to be your goat getter and your participation trophy getter from this episode? <laughs> Goat getter. Uh, you don't really guess my goat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So many options. 
Several. Several. Uh, I think who's really like the ringleader of all this stuff at Tribal? Is it, I get the sense. I mean, it's like Nick, Davey, Christian, but also like, uh, why can't I, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby kind of like is like, let's make our move. Like, yeah. Oh God. Nick is the one who steals the vote. That helps. Yeah. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to go with, what did Davey do? Davey didn't play anything this time. Okay, just... I'm getting confused with a lot. I'm going to go with Nick. Because it seems like he was the ringleader, but really, I think all the, the David should get goat. And that's my answer. All right. And um, I'm going to say Allison gets... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I but really do like her. That's but the- yes, but that's <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. It was just so good. <laughs> Scott, what are you thinking? I honestly have a hard time arguing with Emily. I'm gonna go with Nick and Allison. Allison got put in timeout. <laughs> she yeah. did. Really yeah, she did. did. It's, it really it's part did. of what makes this tribal so good. Yeah. Yeah. And she was so offended that her vote got taken. Yeah, she was. <laughs> but yeah, so I have a hard time arguing. I'm gonna say Nick and Nick and Alice well. All right. Adam, what about you? Uh I think go. Uh, John really looks like he's getting his macros back in, so I want to go with John. Um, <laughs> First I, ever GOAT awarded to an active jury member, perhaps? <laughs> Outwatch history? Um, I, uh, I, think, I think Nick is a really good choice. I'm going to go with Gabby for my GOAT, though, just because I think that we can't underplay the role that she played yeah. in like motivating them to make a move. Um, sometimes Gabby just gets in this sort of like she's a total badass mood she she gets this like RBF look on her face and she carries a coconut around and she usually has her glasses on and she's like let's just fuck shit up I kind of love it and yeah she had one of these moments at camp and that's kind of what led to like yeah, I love Gabby. Plan forming, I'm sure. Love so Gabby I, so much. I'm giving, I'm giving my go to Gabby for that. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, Allison gets participation because, come on. <laughs> <laughs> God bless her. Um, okay, I'm going to be divergent. I'm going to give my goat to Carl because, mm-hmm. you know, he plays as nullifier. nullifier. Mm-hmm. So, good for him. And I'm going to give my participation trophy to Mike because Mike tries really hard to keep the Goliaths together this episode and it's just not working. Yeah. Goes down with the ship. Mike does take a weird turn to do that. It's yeah. just sort of like, 
he like panics and is like safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really wants it. Um, okay, let's look at our fantasy scoring here this episode. Lots of points scored because lots of advantages are played and or found. Um, Adam, your tribe is down to Kara and Davey. They netted you 25 points this episode. Emily tribe Abacad with Angelina, Carl, Alec, Allison, and Dan pulled you 55. You know, in a losing effort, Dan still nets you 10 points between playing an idol and winning a reward. And then Scott, high water mark of the week, 60 points from Christian, Gabby, Nick, and Mike. Um, on the back of Nick's two correct votes and advantage play. Big week for Nick. I forgot that Nick would get two correct votes. You voted correctly oh, yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so our oh, current standings now, Adam in third place with 410 points. That's the King Saul's Revenge tribe. In second place is Scott's Sandy Cheeks tribe with 445 and still with a commanding lead with 500 points is Emily's Abacad tribe, um, though down a member. So Scott and, and Emily both with four members left, Adam with just two. Any that means I'm less likely to lose somebody. It's true. It's true. Statistically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> Any other um, thoughts here before we wrap this one up? Excellent. Well, thank you. Rewatch the episode. Just great episode. It. Great episode. Thank you for listening to Outwatch. Next time on Outwatch, we will continue our David vs. Goliath walkthrough with the 10th episode. It's a double episode. So, batten down the hatches titled Tribal Lines Are Blurred. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.